everyone, welcome to the GBH Bill Whiplash. It's Carl here, solo podcast this time, purely because uh, not needed to be two. Those of you who were listening last year will remember this particular podcast that happened around Christmas time 2018. It's a heavy on the music podcast, which is why you only need me and just me to kind of introduce each song. So last year, you know, we did a 10 track podcast 10 tracks throughout 2018 that we thought were basically some of the best music we'd heard that year and unsurprisingly we're back again with exactly the same podcast 10 tracks that i think we think are the best of 2019 some of the best music we've heard this year 10 very unique bands 10 very unique tracks there's going to be a bit of something for everyone here hopefully you'll hear them hopefully you hear what we enjoyed about them and uh, hopefully it'll help you decide to go check a lot of these guys out if you don't know who they are already hopefully you do because everything that's being played in this we've covered over in a site in some form be it a single review an ep review uh an album review even a reaction on the youtube channel you name it we've done something for them and we're talking of which if you don't know this is the first time tuning in after 50 odd episodes of this sporadic podcast we are games brains and headbanging life gbhbl.com that's the website address you can find us on facebook on twitter on instagram you can find this podcast on soundcloud and apple Podcasts. you can find us on patreon a big cartel where you can help us out and pick something up you can find us on youtube too we're basically everywhere it's possible to be so we're going to get started then. We're going to get started with a track from Pathos and Logos, which features members of the Caveat. They're an instrumental power power metal duo from Colorado in the USA, and they fuse polyrhythmic elements of the likes of Meshuggah with the clean chord progressions of the police. This track, specifically this one, Ministry of Defense, follows on from two previous singles they've released this uh this year mergers and acquisitions and captains of industry you can read those reviews over on the site and in fact we've played all those tracks on previous podcasts too this though was ministry of defense it was actually released on the 21st of june this year 2019 and features cover art that has symbols that are unique to the band's own language called weaver's cunt and was scribed in blood for this specific piece this is uh, an absolute banger and at this stage for me with uh, pathos and logos it was kind of like unsurprisingly a banger if that makes sense they are releasing singles sporadically and each time they do it's top of the game stuff but of course you know each new track you kind of like oh is it going to be as good as the last and so on well this this is probably probably my favorite track of theirs they say it's called a ministry of defense so i'm going to play it now and hopefully you enjoy it too
I hope you enjoyed that. It's an amazing, amazing track, and I uh, do urge you to check out Pathos and Logos on their social media, pick up their singles, and just, just get to know them, because uh, it's a fantastic song, amongst many, many other fantastic songs. All right, we're going to hang around, we'll keep moving, and we're going to go all the way over to Chicago for War Gods of the Deep. They released a new album called Action Space Battle on September 17th, 2019 by Astro Dragon Records. The band have built quite a reputation for themselves with both rock and metal audiences alike on the strength of their 2016 debut, Monsters, Magic and Mayhem, another uh, release we released. Um, no, sorry, actually, we uh, we reviewed the following 2017's Robots, Rockets and Rampage. So we went back a while for that one. But now with Action Space Battle, War Gods of the Deep, uh, they set up a firmly established intent to both define and lead a new wave of American heavy metal power rock. So this was an interesting one. This one came kind of late to us. We reviewed it quite recently. But I uh, really, really liked it. Really, really liked it. Uh, particularly the opening track called Transmission, which is the song I'm going to play you. This one took me by surprise. I really found it to be incredibly catchy and quite uh, emotionally de- like emotionally fulfilling, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I think so. It's groovy. It's It's just something that took me by surprise. Particularly if you like discovering them for the very first time. It's got real metal depth to it. But it's it's wonderfully uplifting. And I think that's in part to the unifying vocals. It's it's a real grower as well. And credit to All Gods of the Deep. For starting off their new album with such a banger. I mean it's not a one-off. The album is really, really good. Solid overall. Better than solid. That that sounds that makes it sound a bit average. But no, it's way better than that. So hopefully playing Transmission now will give you a good idea a good taste of what you can get from the whole album. So I'm going to play it now. Enjoy it.
So we're going to do something a bit different now. We're off to the world of melodic metal. And a band that uh, hopefully if you pay attention to GBHBL or all be on social media or the website, then you know this next band, Child Rain, is quite a popular one in our circles. Uh, we discovered, I say we discovered them, it's not like we found them. They came to us way back in March of this year. And uh, we're like, yeah, check out our stuff, review our new album, please. So, okay, cool, do that. And uh, they made massive fans out of us. The album is The Silver Ghost, and it's fucking wonderful. One of the albums of the year. Easily top ten. And it's uh, a brother-based band. Bond of Brothers in a band that, in fact, can be such a powerful thing. It existed between the two brothers, Innie and Ikar. And together they unleashing this energy through music they create with their band Child Rain. They emerged from a new generation of Basque and Spanish metal bands, bringing determination, quality, and immaculate live performance, which I can now confirm, having seen them recently play in London. So the next big step was releasing this album, their fourth album. That's the thing. Act like they're a brand new band. They're not. They're four albums in. Just a brand new band for us in this country. And the album was released on the 29th of March 2019. It mixes progressive passages with melodic metal highs and lows. It's their new album, Charlie's new album. It's it's incredibly heavy in sound, but huge in scope, thinking like the likes of Gojira. And from the moment it starts all the way through to the end, it just absolutely kicks ass. But it should be no surprise what track I'm going to play. Because these guys know how to blend metal and melody perfectly. Uh, and when you listen to it, you can't help but kind of wonder why so many others fail this kind of captured imagination in quite the same way. We're playing you now The Valley of Hope, which is the track I choose to play people if I want them to sort of see how infectiously great a metal album this is. It's one of the best albums of the year, no doubt. This is one of the best tracks of the year. It's almost absurd that Child Rain aren't one of the biggest bands in metal already, but we're hoping this album and, you know, the tour recently with Guar and Voivoid around this country and stuff will have turned people onto them more. At least in London, they certainly got a, a rapturous response. I can't say for the other uh, cities because I wasn't there, but I was at London and they got a rapturous response. And they played this song live. This is my favourite track of theirs. So I'm very, very, very proud to be able to play you this now. Enjoy Valley of Hope. <laughs>
how good is that song? I really hope you come away going, wow. You know, if you don't, I'd love to hear why. Anyway, something a bit different now. Let's move on to something really fucking heavy. Talk about a band celebrating coming up to their third year of being together. On the 1st of November, they released their debut album, Obsolence. It is Ashen Crown. Now, if you follow Ashen Crown on Facebook, you should know this album exists. Uh, because they love to push it, which is credit to them. Good man, oh man, that's what social media is for. Push your shit. And the album relates to the band's thoughts about how things change and over time concepts such as religion, politics and some day-to-day ideologies become obsolete. Plus, sort of as they grow musically, some of the tracks in the albums will become obsolete, which is uh, true for any real album. A metaphor, if you will, for their intent of progression. And uh, personally for the band, a massive shift in the writing process, leaving behind what once was. So with Ashen Crowned, it's one of those, the moment you're listening, you realise you're listening to something special. That's kind of like the big thing about this album. That moment when something just kind of cuts through the malaise of metal and demands your attention. Uh, with so much music readily available, it makes these moments few and far between. Yet for Ashen Crown, it happens several times throughout their new album. It's a special album by a very special band. The extreme metal of it all offset by a modern level of groove and technicality. It's neither one thing or the other, instead drawing from a myriad of styles and influence to deliver, to deliver a belter of a record. There isn't a single track that's found lacking here. But we are going to play one of our favourites. Uh, one that delivers crunchy riffs, crushing drum beats, belly rumbling bass and demonic vocals to perfection. Uh, Crimson Sea. Where there's a bit more to it as well, such as the band dropping in near silence, the vocals taking a more subtle and less threatening style, all before erupting into like a wicked guitar solo and vent and, and the heaviest of heavy breakdowns. This is Crimson Sea by Ashen Crown.
All right, keeping you on your toes, we're going for something really different now. We're going to a bit of a symphonic power metal, as it were. Enchantia, who presented their new album on Light and Wrath with a whole new band lineup and featuring talent and guests, as well as choirs and musical theatre singers. It's a, a hell of a ambitious album. So yeah, on Light and Wrath, it was the next step in a melodic metal sound, a musical essay about the two extremes of the human psyche and the struggle for balance within and outside the soul. The album was released on May 24th, 2019. Now this is a very varied album, a hell of a bombastic, symphonic, power metal album, all the sort of things you might expect, Um, you know, Two different varied, uh, varied vocals, one based in like darkness and blackness, the other operatic, a la Nightwish, Red Hot Rhythm, guitar soloing, it's all there. And it's one of those albums that gets better and better, and really I can't praise the vocal performances enough. And the track in particular that I find I play the most from this album, the one that keeps coming back up, is Poet's Tears, going above and beyond, downright tearful and just how uplifting a track it is. Uh, on the face of this track, this could be a 10 out of 10 album. Uh, this track is amazing. So I am going to play it now. I'm hoping you enjoy it as much as I do, particularly if you're not a fan of symphonic power metal, that kind of stuff, operatic symphonic metal. This might be the kind of thing we're like, oh, yeah, this is really, really good. You know, we are fans of symphonic metal. Last year we played an Iona track on the best of 2018, so it's kind of cool to play something a bit different this year, Enchantia, on the best of 2019. So enjoy Poet's Tears.
All right, we're going to keep things kind of upbeat and peppy. Although her despair are a little bit more gloomy, particularly about things in 2019. They take their inspirations from the heyday of goth rock. A UK band bringing this kind of goth rock up to sort of the modern era of their own twist. They've had an exceptionally successful EP previously with Monography, uh, which garnered the band a huge amount of international attention. Really, really um, impressive stuff. And they came back with a third release, another EP called Exorcisms of Eroticisms, released on November 22nd. Chances are, again, if you follow us, you'll have noticed we did a fair bit of work for this EP, other than just reviews. You know, we did some reaction videos to um, the track I'm about to play you, because it's so upbeat and so catchy, it's insane. Think of, like, drawing from the soul of the likes of the 69 Eyes, but with uh, rocking goth club bangers catchiness in a way that betrays convention really the upbeat pep of this track like a crucifixion it's one of those that would generally put a smile on most faces it's tearingly bouncy and it's as i said it's so catchy it's one of those that should be illegal i absolutely adore it it's one again that i'm more than happy to play people to sort of say look not all metal and rock has to be angry and so on that this can be dark and have that goth feel but can be so much fun to listen to so this is like a crucifixion by her despair.
Okay, Return of the Soul, a young metal band from Russia. They play a form of like dark gothic metal. And on May 16th this year, they released their debut album, Interlacing of Worlds, a conceptual work that took over two years to reach completion. And you can tell those years were well spent as Interlacing of Worlds is an epic metal soundtrack. I'm trying to choose a track from this album. Man, I, I was kind of, which one do I think best represents this album? Which one do I think best represents this band? This young Russian band who worked really, really hard to get their album out and deserved to reap the rewards because it's, it's a banger of an album. But I ended up going with the title track, mainly because it's far more uplifting thanks to an absolutely delightful chorus that warms the heart. Although... Don't be under any impressions. The savagery that surrounds it threatens to take things back down. It is a wonderful, wonderful track from a wonderful, wonderful album that I don't feel is getting the attention it really deserves. You know, we really rate it very, very highly. I think we gave it like 9 out of 10. So, you know, we do think quite highly of this album and this band. And I kind of want to showcase them on this podcast as having one of the better tracks of the year, hence why we're going to replay the title track now of the album, Interlacing of Worlds. So sit back and enjoy it.
Okay, we're coming to the end now. And we're back in Chicago again. Can you believe it? Two bands in this podcast from Chicago. But this time we're talking about Tangier, the instrumental post-metal group, who released their debut album, Pernama, uh, this year on July 19th, 2019. And the band like formed in 2015, so it's been a bit of a wait for that. But they draw a wide range of influences for post-rock to produce a dynamic blend of music. It's all about an emotional journey through pain and joy and anger and elation and tension and release. It's 40 minutes in length, but is supposed to be listened to in one single setting. And we do advise, if you're going to listen to the album, which you should, do set aside 40 minutes. Don't distract yourself with anything else. Switch things off, if need be, and hit play on the album. It's an album that will leave you with that elated feeling, that feeling that you've just kind of experienced something. An album that excites, intrigues, and mesmerizes from beginning to end. It grabs hold and doesn't let go, but not like in a threatening way. It's not always comforting, but its intent is not of malice. It's a beast, but one that rolls over, gives the sad eyes, and begs for some petting. Just be prepared for like the occasional snap and nibble. Uh, it's Tangier in control of this beast, and he expertly keep it tame and compliant. Now, even though I've said it kind of needs to be listened to, should be listened to as one, I can't play a 40-minute album. You know, you can do that yourself on Bandcamp and streaming service and stuff like that. But we are going to play you a track from it that we think best represents it, and one that I think... Uh, showcases the best of what Tangier have to offer on this. It's the last track of the five-track album. It's Ad Astra. So sit back, close your eyes, and enjoy.
the second last track now and we're at Thormesis who again if you follow gbhbl.com you should know this is a major major band for me personally as much as the site overall they were founded back in 2006 new institution in the German black metal scene um, and really do set their own benchmarks this is their sixth studio album it's called the sixth after all and once again, kind of prove this is the second album we've reviewed of theirs, and it's the second album of theirs to get 10 out of 10. Two albums, two 10 out of 10 scores. They combine modern post and pagan black metal of the early days to create their own place in music. It's an incredible album. And again, similar to a lot of the tracks we've chosen in this, I could have taken any, any track from this album and it would have fitted. But I went with the one that I listen to the most. The one that when it crops up on my shuffle that I never skip. And it comes right at the end. And it's Dead in Skies. Just gorgeous melody that erupts into the brand of luscious heaviness. Every time you kind of think you've reached the apex of what the band are capable of, they pull something extra out of the bag. And this is a wild, wild track blended with spellbinding beauty that ends a phenomenal album. This album overall is a must listen. It really, really is. I can't stress that enough. But if you just want a taster, then this this Dead in the Skies is going to hopefully convince you of just how brilliant this band is. So sit back and enjoy Dead in the Skies by Thormesis. <laughs> we 
And we wrap this podcast up, the best of 2019, with a band we've probably no, the band we've covered the most this year, simply because they did an album per month. So we've reviewed 12 other albums over 12 months. And it is Boobs of Doom. 12 albums, 12 months throughout all of 2019. And what a plan from Boobs of Doom. The sensational imagination of depressive drone, doom, death, distortion, and much more. This 12-album, 12-month plan is something truly unique. And it certainly got our attention. So much so that we ended up following it along from beginning to end. Not always loving every part of the output. But getting to the point at the end where it was sad that it was over. Uh, the reasoning behind this, it's something the band have explained in great detail. I'm gonna gonna go into I wanna go into a bit of depth. I'm gonna actually read what they've effectively written. So this is the band, this is quoted by the band. Five years we've been at this, still not dead yet, which is surprising to us considering the lengths those years went to try and break us. 2018 was a propful, hateful, cunt lump of a year for us boobs. We lost too many fur babies, too many funerals, too many abhorrent political crooks running this shit show. Too many bloody horrible sheeple, complicity, lapping up the shite, rapidly declining chronic health issues, diseases and new afflictions, and far, far too much fucking pain. Squinting at the world in 2018 from a haze of brain fog, cannabis and prescription painkillers, we never thought we'd get so fatigued hating stupid stuff. But everything fatigues us these days, which amounted to only one cassette release and a two-track album for uh, Sharadi. The only thing we really thankful to the, to the, the only thing we were really thankful to 2018 was for all the support for Carrie's fund. Carrie hit a GoFundMe target and got the surgery she needed. Fuck knows how I would have handled it if she didn't. Regardless, thank you to all the boobies who contributed or helped spread the word. We digress. Time was we had a reputation of being prolific and could punt out anything up to four albums and a mixtape in a pear tree per year. Circumstances being what they are, our output was way below our weird self-imposed projections and deadlines. In lieu of all of this, we ought to be planning our jump off some high cliffs, but no, we've elected to celebrate five years as a band instead, so here it is. In reality, we embedded secret knowledge, subliminal messages, psychic vampirism, and and theatre-wave manipulation into one great big 13-hour-long album, chopped into chunks and dribbling them out over the year. The concept is that if we get enough simultaneous listeners, the themes and ideas encoded in the music and art will resonate on a global scale and kickstart the next strange state of human revolution. Unless you're a greedhead or the filth, in that case, your head will explode. Cool, huh? Grand concepts are us. We're setting ourselves up to fail, but that's okay. In practice, each album or episode, segment, or whatever pretentious bollocks title we eventually decide is canon will be musically and thematically different from the last, and you should come to recognise them as a different aspect of our OFR, psychedelic, dub, heavy, drone, soundtrack, doom, etc. There's even a pop album. Twelve of the fuckers. Yes, you lucky boobies. Booties, boobies. We'll warn you now, this shit might fuck you up in a good way, maybe. That's what the band basically wrote, and it's what we put at the start of every single review. So part one was entire-esque. It was January. Uh, February's was Terror Management Theory. Anok Igak was March's entry. April's release was called Weird Art Riot. Then we had Sorcerer in May. At the halfway point, we then got June uh, Skeleton Jazz Wizard. July's release was Endless Doomlord Syndrome. August's release was called Sedation of the Ancients. And then in autumn, September, we got this one. This is the album we're going to be covering, the Universal Monsters album. And nine months in, of the nine albums into the 12-album extravaganza, we found the best track of the entire 12-month run, 
And my favourite Boomers of Doom track now, Full Stop. The one that, again, I choose to play people if I want to convince them that uh, this band are very, very unique. And they are very fucking unique. And very confusing and very puzzling and very much um, not for everybody. I can't even sort of say, like, oh, they're for me. Because a lot of what they do just isn't. But a lot of times they do something that resonated wonderfully with me. And the opening track of Universal Monsters, the Carmadillo, is a track that resonated with me. It's one I love listening to. It just, it's awesome. So we're going to end this podcast, this 10 track best of 2019 podcast with the Commodillo. It seemed fitting that this be the track end on considering it's so droning and depressive doom, electronic and so on, that this would be the one I'd want to showcase as the finale of it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Do bear in mind we've got other podcasts coming this month that are going to cover all the lists, the best of 2019, albums, EPs, live shows, you name it. We've got it all coming. It'll be me and Brendan, of course. But for now, I've been Carl. We've been Games, Brains, Headbanging Life. Enjoy the Comedilio by Boobs of Doom. Hit that subscribe button and thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.